Good evening and welcome to Slowpoke Sports. My name is Stephen Hodges, coming to you from the shadow of Cerro San Luis Obispo. Uh, we cover all, all the sports from Slow County all the way down to Lompoc. Uh, so let's just get to it. I mean, I didn't attend a lot of uh, games. Zero is the technical number uh, for the number of games I was at this week uh, due to Thanksgiving. Uh, last Wednesday, did the game against Cerritos for H Allen Hancock College. Uh, since then, two Thanksgiving meals and uh, a lot of sitting around and getting ready for a wedding that I'll be attending next week uh, and got a lot of work that I got to do for that. Not mine, to be clear, uh, just close family. So uh, going to be doing a lot of work for that coming up. We'll touch on that again a little bit later, weirdly enough, because uh, that's going to be related to announcement at the end of the show. A lot of announcements in this show. Uh, including our player of the year uh, players. A as you, you award at the end of the year, as it is the end of the year for local high school football. Uh, there's still potentially two games left to be played, but uh, not going to be covering those. I've got a local tournament. I'm going to be at the Toys for Tots tournament this week for uh, Allen Hancock College girls basketball, women's basketball. Uh, that's going to be being played. Uh, Thursday, if you're listening to this, today, uh, Friday, and Saturday, uh, four games per day. Check the vaccination requirements. I believe it's an actual tournament, so there's the place that Hancock's going to be playing each day is going to change, but tomorrow, I believe Hancock is playing at the 7 o'clock spot. Just pull this up and double-check that. Uh, indeed, 7 p.m., Orange Coast College. A uh, lot of local talent on the girls' basketball team for Hancock, including both the Paquettes, uh, who went to Rigetti. The the Rigetti. The one that's very, very good at playing basketball. J.C. Bain from Mora Grande is also on that uh, team. Clarissa Solario from San Maria High School. Uh, Kayla Tyler, or Taylor from uh, Lompokai. A uh, lot of local girls playing for this team. So I'm looking forward to seeing them play. Uh, they're doing fantastic so far. Uh, you know, sitting there at four and two, uh, they got wins over uh, Solano, LA Harbor, Mount San Jacinto, uh, and Reedley. Uh, they attended a couple crossovers, and uh, at Palomar they did the Comet crossover alongside Mount San Jacinto. Uh, lost to Palomar. Other loss was West Hills Lamore uh, out in uh, Sacramento during the CRC Invitational. Uh, so another one of those kind of crossover events has as seems to be the theme uh for a lot of these so this is going to be the first visit to joe white memorial gymnasium for the lady bulldogs this week so we'd love if you come out it's always more fun with fans in the stands and uh coach carrie norelli already in three hall of fames looking to make it at least four uh by the time he hangs him up and he, you don't get too many chances to watch living legends i'd recommend it getting back to football though i digress we had two very important games for championships this last weekend. In D5 of the central section, Morro Bay went on the road to Taft, the mighty Taft mascots. I think it's, I want to say Tigers. I don't think that's the case. Uh, that game got out of hand. Sorry, this is the D6 game. Morro Bay, uh, Taft. Said it's a D5. D6 game. Morro Bay at Taft. Uh, that game got out of hand early. Morro Bay roared out to a huge lead, 35-6, to going into the fourth quarter. However, Taft was not done 
uh, Taft came roaring back, scored 27 unanswered points at the end of the game. Game came down to a two-point conversion, which Taft was not able to uh, finish on. Onside kick uh, led to a near field goal chance, is my my understanding, which Morro Bay, you know, repelled. It kept it kept it away at the last second. Morro Bay holds on, gets their first CIF championship in over 20 years. Huge ups to Coach Goose and Brown. We've talked a lot about how he's been developing this team, right? You know, he, he was given a team in disarray, not his fault, not really Moro Bay's fault. Uh, gentleman who's still in the headlines, unfortunately, was running that program and really had some enrollment problems, all that. It's a small community high school. It's always going to have ups and downs. And Coach Goosen Brown got in and down and successfully built it back up from that down trough. Uh, the, the Pirates, like I said, their record was not indicative of the talent that is on that team. They, they were very good. They just ran into teams like Mission College Prep, which that's one of the best Mission College Prep teams that's ever been on the campus. So when you've got those kind of odds up against you, well, you're not going to get a great record. Ended up in D6, the basement uh, division for Central Section. They're going to continue into playoffs. They're going uh, to be hosting this weekend. In fact, on, Saturday, or on Friday, December 3rd, uh, they're going to be having a 7:30 game. They're hosting Loara uh, out of the southern section, a Orange County high school. Well, at, uh, the southern section had a similar setup to the central section this year, as far as playoff seedings go. You know, was not based just off of school size, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so this should be a relatively even match between these two teams. Uh, Loara was D14 out of the southern section, so uh, you know more schools down there. 14 is much higher than 6, but, you know, it, it's relatively comparable. Uh, the winner of this game will be on the road, no matter what, to either Legrand out of the San Joaquin section, who's Division 7 there, uh, or Fall River out of the Northern section, who's Division 5. Uh, hope, hopefully that means Morro Bay's got a very long road trip coming up to either of those schools uh, here late. This is going to be for a state championship, something I don't believe Morro Bay's ever had uh, at least in football. Going to D5, which I teased for a second and misspoke. Uh, Rigetti also had a game this weekend. Rigetti never won a football CIF title in the history of their team. Uh, granted, not as old of a high school as, say, Santa Maria High, who has several CIF championships, uh, or AG, Slow, a lot of these other schools. So, you know, we sit there saying, oh, yeah, you know, Rigetti hasn't won yet. Well, you know, last time Slow, which has been around forever, won a CIF championship 2001 before that 1980. So, like, come on. It's not that big of a deal to not have a championship yet. So, Rigetti looking to remedy that against Liberty in Division 5. And they did. Rigetti taking that one 34-7, winning the first ever CIF championship in the history of their school. They will also be going to state. Uh, despite not being a, uh, you know, winning record team, uh, they're going to the state playoff. They're going to be going to a bowl game. They are on the road uh, against uh, Northwood. This game is going to be played at Irvine High School uh, Saturday, December 4th at 6 p.m. So you can catch a lot of local football here late into December. 
uh, by going on the road to Irvine on Saturday. You got a local game, uh, 7.30 Friday night at Morro Bay. You got to go to GoFan, uh, the CIF official ticketing partner. Now that we're in the state, things get a little bit more complicated. Uh, Rigetti, if Rigetti wins against Northwood, against Irvine, or at Irvine rather, another Orange County team, uh, they would be on the uh, road either to University Prep uh, or Sacred Heart Prep, uh, who will be playing their game earlier in the day. So uh, Rigetti will know by the end of their game. Uh, University Prep and Sacred Heart Prep, both northern teams. So Rigetti would be making a long trip up north should that be the case. So that'll do it. Congratulations to both teams on their CIF championships. Unfortunately, will not be able to catch the state bowl games, uh, nor the playoff game after that. Got a wedding, like I said, the, the week after that, that can't really get out of. Uh, congratulations to both of those teams. You guys, go go celebrate. Go, go enjoy the, the splendors that your battle has brought. All right, they're out of the room. Let's talk about really what's going on here. Uh, it's a little bit weird to talk about CIF championships, right? Because we always just address champions as CIF champions. And, and it's weird because neither of these teams really had a local statement win. Uh, you, you look at Brighetti, you know, they, they lost to the teams above them, only had one league win, which was against Pioneer Valley. Uh, and it, it's tough to sit there and say, like, yeah, you know, this team is a team that deserved a championship more than, you know, St. Joe, who lost by one point to a team that ended up winning their division. D2 was won by the Bullard Knights beating Bakersfield High School in the final. Uh, St. Joe lost by a single point to that team. So it's tough to sit here and say, like, well, I guess, uh, you know, Rigetti really is the better team on Foster Road uh, when St. Joe had a much tougher road to sled. And that's not normally the case. Normally, Rigetti would not be in the playoffs. And particularly, Rigetti would not be in the playoffs sitting at Let's see here. Five and eight after the season. They played 13 games to get to five wins. You know, that's not typically good enough to make playoffs. It's a weird system. I think the state bowl games need to adjust to recognize some of the teams that are in the playoffs but didn't make deep runs. You know, if you're going to adjust statewide to have these kind of computer rankings be your seedings, well, you need to adjust your playoff seedings to be based off of, hey, who actually is still the best around because it's it's weird to be hanging banners on one side of the street when they lost the team on the other side of the street and then the team on the other side of the street had a much tougher road to sled uh, especially you know you talk Rigetti's not a small population school you know it's a weird spot to be sitting in you know uh, I, I believe that you know, they both had tough roads. Those were both good playoff brackets for both teams in Morro Bay and Rigetti. In particular, you look at Morro Bay. They're a small community uh, school, not the largest population school. Probably would have behooved them back in the old system to be in a lower division. Here they find some teams they can compete with, and it shows. One-point game. Fantastic. Those are the games you want to win. Uh, but I, I'm not particularly over the moon as I should be about this win and it's a bit like when Santa Maria uh, made their deep run and ended up getting out uh, knocked out at Big Bear uh, in that that playoff run where they almost got that CIF championship then and it's like well 
You know, it's the Northern League. It's it's always been weird, and it's just going to get weirder as time goes on. Uh, congratulations to both those teams. You've won the games in front of you, and that's what matters. It's just really weird to see a team have a shot to win the state championship. You know, granted, you know, we're talking six double A. Double check this. Five A. Five A state championship at five and eight. You know? There's nothing wrong with that. You're playing the game in front of you. But that that's just strange to me. Uh, at least Morrow Bay, seven and six. Lot, lot to celebrate for the Pirates and Warriors. Uh, proud of them both. Uh, speaking of being proud of what's in front of you, we had a dickens of a year uh, of high school football this year. Just want to say this up front. Uh, to the seniors going out, you guys got dealt a rough hand. Undeniably rough hand. The maturity that I have seen from the class of 2022 uh, seniors have been extraordinary. Uh, the maturity, I, I know if I were in the same shoes. I went to slow high. We did not have that maturity. Our maturity level was we got called into the gymnasium as a class and scolded together because we had messed up the school so bad. Like that is, I, to be clear, not on me. Did not do a look of it. I was not that cool. As anyone that listens to the show can tell you, I'm not a cool human being. Uh, but, you know, to see the turnaround that these 22 seniors have done, uh, absolutely incredible. If you don't hear me talking about you, doesn't mean you didn't have a fantastic year. just means, hey, the guys that we are going to be talking about here at the all-area segment, they're guys that really stood out and I really want to highlight, but as I do every year, but especially this year, uh, this has been an incredibly hard year, and I'm absolutely impressed uh, with the high school players around the coast uh, and the maturity that they've shown despite added uh, adversity at every level. Uh, the coaches doing a fantastic job doing everything they can to go get games. Uh, really, the community coming out, coming together, making sure that this season was one to remember. With that in the books, let's start off. I don't like beating around the bush. I want to talk first and foremost um, MVP, you know, this is going to be a solo show. I'm not, we're not going to be seen here. I'm not going to suddenly bring in Brian and uh, Charles, but this was in a group text. We all agreed on this ballot. Uh, and, you know, typically this is where we'd sit there and discuss, well, who should be the MVP so we can decide the other awards. This year we settled on MVP Jack Susank. And normally you talk about the running back and how important the running back is to a football team. And it's weird because I didn't list him as running back when I'm seeing here listing positions. He's a utility guy. He's a guy that will go out and do whatever he's coached to do. He's our utility player of the year when he was a sophomore. He is just a player. He goes out and does everything as of him. Got interceptions on defense. Kicked after uh, just about, you know, they just about kicked his leg off uh, with how many times he put the ball in the end zone. Uh, great running back. Get out there, wide receiver sometimes. One of those guys that when things were going well, they would look to him. When things were going poorly, they would look to him. That's what you want out of a leader. I don't think he was the best running back on the coast. I think he is very good at what he did, but his all-around utility is what really brought me to watching Jack Susank. As I told Brian Stanley after one game, when you are being lofted upon people's shoulders while they chant MVP at your home games, uh, that's a sign that you're probably an MVP caliber guy. 
Jack Susink is that guy. Uh, our 2021 football MVP, Jack Susink from Mission College Prep. Congratulations, Jack. Moving on to quarterback, this was one that came down to a couple names in my head. Uh, unfortunately, injury issues all, all through the uh, the coast. Nate Reese was a guy that I looked at from Napomo. He was a do-all kind of guy. Unfortunately, he got injured late in the game uh, during their playoff run. Ended up not being able to come back. Really ended up costing them there. Nate Reese was fantastic. Uh, the quarterbacks at St. Joe cycled through. There wasn't any easy way to get a read on them. Uh, Kevin Ross at Lompoc had another fantastic year. But I really came down to him and the guy that ended up winning. And that's uh, Parrott out of Aurora Grande. Uh, Max Parrott just completed almost 70% of his passes. Had the complete package. Ran the ball well. Threw the ball well. Uh, had a good head on shoulders, didn't turn the ball over much. Uh, very accurate, short, medium, deep. You watch this guy's highlight reel, and I retweeted it earlier today. He just absolutely fires the ball out there. Does a great job setting up plays for his wide receivers to then go be successful, uh, just like you want a quarterback to do. Uh, Parrot out of Aurora Grande, going to be our quarterback of the year. Running back of the year. I say it time and time again. High school football is about the running back. You can't have a successful team without without one. I think this guy set up a lot of things throughout his entire career at this high school. Sheldon Canley out of Lompoc High, going to be a beast for San Diego State. I am livid that San Diego State got him as a Fresno State Bulldog alum. It's just like I can't catch a break between the guys last year going to San Jose State and Nevada and now guys going to uh, San Diego State. It's like – no one, no one likes us up there. It's it's awful. Gr- granted, uh, it, it's a tough place to live. I get it. And I think Channel Canley is going to be one of those guys that, you know, he's got all the different speeds. He's got the size. He's got the strength. He's got everything you want out of a running back. He's going to do what's asked of him as an Aztec. And I think he's going to be one of those guys like Toa that we're looking at in a few years. And we're saying, man. I can't believe how good Lompoc was when he was there. Even though Lompoc's record wasn't the best, they were playing some fantastic competition uh, that really just, you know, blew us away. Uh, and I, I think if they were in that old schedule, Sheldon Canley is one of those guys that would have been in the discussion for the MVP. When it comes to the MVP, my vote's always the best player on the best team, by the way. If you're wondering, well, you know, this guy was better at this school. The best team on the Central Coast was Mission College Prep. That's not me saying it. Objective people have said it as well. Uh, Cal Prep said it. Mission Prep, I think, would have beat just about anyone on the Central Coast. Uh, them in the Mountain League this year would have been some really big fireworks games. Uh, moving on to wide receiver. Wide receiver, uh, this is a guy that's been lightning rod of a little controversy because he moved from his original high school, went to a high school that he thought fit him better, and it fit him supremely well. You look at what he did at St. Joe this year uh, and what he's capable of and his highlight reel as a player, uh, there's no question uh, that Travis Royal is just lights out. Uh, Trying to make sure I got it right because there's two Royal brothers and I'm pretty sure I got the right one. But Royal is a guy that generates space with his uh, athleticism, with his ability to just hit like 
this is tough sitting here trying to make sure I get a <laughs> the right royal brother. But uh, his ability to get out and get the ball, getting in and out of breaks, he, he's just an absolute terror. You look at his double moves that he pulled off at uh, St. Joe and what he's capable of just embarrassing uh, all of the wide receivers, all the defensive backs that come up against him. Royal is a wonderful wide receiver. So I'm trying to make sure it's the right Royal. This is this is awful. Uh, you know, St. Joe didn't have a great Royal. Travis Royal, yeah. Almost said Ethan twice. Travis Royal is our wide receiver of the year. Uh, senior, going to go play somewhere big. I haven't seen any uh, commitments out of him. I expect to see one here coming in a couple weeks. Uh, Travis Royal made the life easy for his, his quarterbacks. You watch how he runs, you know, even when he's running a simple route, such as a go route, the way he stems it and gets in and out of breaks, uh, he'll get that leverage that he needs to make sure that he's on the right side of the ball versus the coverage he's playing. You know, all those subtle things that you don't necessarily say with wide receivers. You know, a great example was Asani Berkeley when he was at Mission Prep. He was just fast. You know, he, he could beat the brakes off of anyone in front of him. But sometimes he lacks some of that technical skill that you'd like to see. Travis Royal has all that technical skill. He has the ability to go get the deep ball, has the ability to make things happen across the field. Uh, you know, you watch him run something like a drag route right underneath the, one linebacker over the, the next, just like you want to see in college. And Travis Royal is going to make some recruiter very happy when he gets picked up. Moving on to lineman of the year. Uh, historically, we've done one lineman, not D-line, O-line, because the best linemen on the Central Coast play both ways. And this guy is the complete package. He actually was one of those guys pushing for MVP, uh, and that should tell you what team he plays for. It's Caleb Owl. He's was the just offensive and defensive force that made Mission Prep a league ahead of the Ocean League. I mean, they, they were just tearing people apart. And it's because if you wanted to run up the middle, you'd have guys like Jaden Broyles and Caleb Allen plugging up the middle. And then you sit there and you look, all right, well, what about his offensive abilities? Well, he was the one punching holes. And, you know, you hear about D lineman concaving the offense. He convexed the defense. He, he would build this huge hole that anyone could run through. I mean, Jack Susan's stats weren't anything to look at because they cycled through so many running backs and all of them had success behind Alalum. You know, I, I didn't ha I'm not going to break down film to find out, oh, yeah, what was his win rate and, you know, how many expected yards could a running back have running behind him versus the average lineman in the o Ocean League. He, that's, he's just very good, you know. He, you can watch him and watch his highlight reel and say, like, oh, he put dudes on roller skates. He, he's not the imposing lineman that we've had, like the ones we've had in the past. Caleb Thomas was huge. I mean... You look at some of the guys that we've had, you know, 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, you know, linemen, offensive tackles, uh, you know, D, DNs, that kind of stuff. Just these huge giants of men. Caleb Allen isn't going to tip the scales that way, uh, but he's strong. He's got a huge frame. And you look at him, and I think he's going to get bigger. And this is another guy. You know, he's a two-star recruit. Probably going to end up playing somewhere out of four-year. Uh, and... I think whoever brings him in is going to be thrilled 
because I think he's got a little bit more growing to do. Uh, he's got a frame similar to that of uh, Josh Allen, back when Josh Allen was at Fireball, where I think recruiters are going to be cool on him uh, to start things out because, hey, you know, you're not the right size, whatever. But if you watch the tape and you see his, like, metrics of what he can push as far as steel goes, you know, lifted in the weight room, yeah, this guy's going to keep growing, keep getting bigger, and keep getting stronger. Uh, that That's just what Alalum's going to bring on. You're, you're going to bring a guy that is going to be a project in the way that, uh, hey, just growing a tree is a project. Going to be fantastic. Uh, on defense, uh, we're going to be looking look to a team that hasn't been mentioned yet. Normally, I look at the best defense. That is mission prep. Caleb Allen, major part of that. Jake Butler was in the my my thought process for this, but for this gentleman, uh, I'm going to Napomo, who was really kept alive by their defense in a lot of ways. You know, uh, you look at what happened in their playoff run, they were still on a one-point game because the defense was so strong. Uh, however, you, you look at who was the best on that defense, and it was Hernandez. Vincent Hernandez, 205-pound uh, senior out of uh, Napomo, who had 11.5 sacks on the year, uh, 8.3 tackles per game, uh, and was a turnover-causing machine. He, he was an amazing force for the Titans. And really, I think if everything goes their way, he would have been one of the reasons they'd be in conversation for that league title that ended up uh, go, you know, kind of escaping them as they, they made some noise in the league but didn't quite finish due to COVID. So uh, Vincent Hernandez is our defensive player of the year. Utility player of the year. This is the guy, you know, I've been saying the word highlight reel quite a lot tonight. He's a human highlight reel uh, out of Lompoc. Joker Dickerson uh, is a guy that stands out not just because of his hair, but because you can't kick to him. You can't throw to him on defense. On offense, he's going to find a way to break and get open. Extremely agile as a receiver, dangerous with the ball in his hands. I think ultimately when he goes to college, he's going to be better on the defensive side of the ball, probably uses a DB that returns like uh, Xavier Oliphant at Cal Poly. Uh, he's just a, a complete force uh, and was all over the field for the Braves. Uh, that's what you want to see out of a utility player. That's what you want is the guy that's going to go out and do everything, be everything. Uh, that's what Joker Dickerson was for the Braves. Broke the several records for return touchdowns. Uh, caused all sorts of INTs. Caused a lot of havoc. Uh, that that guy is is just pure athletic talent. I can't wait to see who picks him up. He's been visiting a lot of different D1 colleges. I, I think he's going to end up going, you know, probably high G5, low P5, if I, if I had my way. Uh, I, I can't wait to see where he ends up because he, he's been a pleasure to watch while he's been in high school. Uh, Coach of the Year, this was one of the spots that we had our most discussion in our text message group because, uh, you know, this is the type of year where hanging around just makes you Coach of the Year. It was extremely tough uh, on the coaches this year. You, you talk to guys and you talk to all the changing regulations. No one was happy no one was like over the moon about this year because it was constant work 
scrubbed uh, season last year that ended up being just a league-only situation, only local teams. Uh, and so now what do you do with those old contracts, having to resolve all that, and then also schedule for the next year and get this year's schedule together on a short notice. And then on top of that, you know, all the – well, where can we work out? Can we work out in here? If, do we have to move our weight room outside? Can we move our weight room outside? Is that something that's even possible? What are we going to do with, you know, how we dress today? Because sometimes there's regulations on how many people we have in indoor space. Who is going to be in charge of doing all this stuff? Very complicated year. Uh, so all of the coaches were fantastic. And ever, we, we ended up talking about them for quite a bit. Ultimately, we landed on Coach Matt Carroll at Paso Robles. And if you, you haven't been around the coast a lot, uh, there's been a lot of turmoil at Paso for six years. You know, which if you're in high school means if you're graduating as a senior, since you were in elementary school, it has been a turbulent situation at Paso. Going back to Rich Simke, uh, Carol has quelled that. No one's talking about drama in the Paso coaching department anymore. Uh, Paso split part of the Mountain League. You know, they, they got part of that league title. Uh, they were up where they need to be, high D3 as far as playoff seating goes. Uh, that that's not something I think we would have seen from any of the previous guys. Matt Carroll is bringing stability to the Bearcat office, and he he deserves every bit of praise that he gets. Everyone I've talked to around Paso has been extremely happy with what he's been doing. So hopefully he gets to have a long chance doing that going forward. I can't wait to see what the next strides are for the Bearcats. Well, that's it for our end-of-year awards. Uh, I'm not sure if we left anything out, anyone out. Again, very hard year. Very proud of the uh, maturity and stick to that we've seen out of the players. That's going to be it this year for Slowpoke Sports. Uh, I don't know when it's going to return. Uh, we talk about what gets us through this pandemic. It's really been the community. That's what why we've done this uh, podcast for so long. And there's been nothing more isolating than doing this alone. This po- podcast started with me and Charles doing it as a passion project alongside, uh, you know, the normal broadcast on KNT, KNTK. We just had room on a honky-tonk station and started broadcasting together uh, to promote our games on Friday nights. And it was, it was great. It's remained great when I moved to ESPN. And we expanded the cast, brought in Brian Stanley, and, and things were going real well. Uh, it, it's just now schedules aren't lining up, and... When you don't have someone to talk to, I just feel like an ass. There's no other words for it. Uh, so I might be going to s- typed out, you know, articles, that kind of look. Uh, we might be doing something different. We might be having a different guest. I can't do this alone is, is kind of the key thing. So I don't know what this will look like next year uh, or if it will look like anything because my schedule is getting incredibly busy. Uh, with all the broadcasts I've been doing. I mean, I drove to Bakersfield with a hole in my head uh, because I was dedicated to getting the job done. And that was when I could get the, the procedure done. So I drove to Bakersfield uh, right after getting surgery. Uh, and and that, that's the kind of dedication it takes to get these things done. And wedging another podcast in uh, on Wednesday nights, which you know I'm getting up before dawn, out, home after dusk, it's just been a big stretch. So we will see going forward what this looks like. 
and if we're able to reconvene somehow in the future uh, we'll see you then that will be the same feed hopefully if not you can follow us on twitter at slowpoke sports uh, and you know we'll go from there but until the future happens you can catch me on athletics.hancockcollege.edu when the basketball schedule turns back over to conference uh, i should be back on the broadcast should be talking there uh, you can always catch me on the twitter feed at slowpoke sports once again if you've seen this podcast title uh, you know what it looks like and you know you can catch me around the community i'm not a stranger i'll be playing hockey down at a the sports arena when it opens back up in January. I'm going to be playing, you know, doing jujitsu at the Paragon in San Luis Obispo, teaching some kids there too, uh, which has been a great pleasure of mine. Uh, I'm, you know, going to be part of this community going forward, and I hope to be uh, around more people like you. The community feedback on this has been fantastic since we started it, uh, and really, you guys are the reason we do it. It's just I, I want to find a way to make that a we again instead of an I. So, signing off for however long, my name is Stephen Hodges. Thank you so much to Charles Summer and Brian Stanley. Uh, have a great sports season. There's going to be some fantastic basketball. Christmas Classic for Mission Prep. Probably the second best sporting event on the Central Coast. going to be happening this December. Uh, nationally ranked teams showing up like way out of our weight class. What is a small town in, in slow, or a small school in slow doing getting some of the top teams in the nation coming there? I mean, Jalen Green, who just got drafted, played in this tournament. That's the type of uh, talent you see coming in every year. After that, going to have some fantastic baseball. One of the top shortstops in the nation plays for Pauly. Uh, so hopefully I'll catch you at some of these events. Until next time, this has been Slowpoke Sports.